Have you ever been rejected or maybe brushed off with a cold shoulder or been on the receiving end of a criticism? What was your reaction? Did you feel like throwing a tantrum? Did you sulk or even start retaliating? Welcome to The Nice Guy Show. I'm your host, Faisal Kokar. I'm joined with my co-host, Ari and Chuck. Chances are, if you had a tantrum, if you got offended and you started to explain yourself, you were experiencing what I call an SBR, a spoilt brat reflex. You were having a reaction to this. It's very common, especially with nice guys. Guys who are very sensitive and get emotionally, take things emotionally and very personally. It doesn't matter if you're five years old, 10 years old, 20, 15, 35, 45, even 65, we can all have what I call spoiled behavior reactions. So the spoiled brat reflex, we can all have these and it's common. And if you go on social media, you can see so many comments about how people are offended, not liking this, throwing tantrum, giving opinions, and they're really offended. So I want to ask you guys, my host, have you ever had a reaction a spoiled brat reflex what about you let's start with you uh chuck no i want to go first (laughs) (laughs) you know the script it said you're starting with ari was it ready (laughs) me first come on guys you feeling about her ari all right let's let's take to ari he's throwing a tantrum so let's go with him I, I quite love a PBR. Um, that's a, that's a beer in America, Paz Blue Ribbon. Never mind. Um, so I think about uh, spoiled bat spoiled bat reflex uh, as entitlement. You know that, uh, that that's sort of like the central thing about it to me is that. You know, you've got to feel entitled to be demanding with other people um, to think that the world owes you something. Um, for me, I think it's it's come out a lot with my family. You know, like I, I think because my parents coddled me to some mm-hmm. extent and they protected me too much from the world. And they took, you know, they were willing to kind of let me be irritable and a sulker. You know, I think I'm a championship sulker. You know, I I could always sort of count on being able to be irritable and pouty around them, which which did not serve me. Um, So I think that that's a way that my spoiled brat reflex comes out is, you know, just that kind of pouty mood and feeling like I deserve to have that mood, you know, because the world isn't giving me what, what I want. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, an, an excuse to, I was going to say an excuse to be depressed, which is, which is a weird idea in itself. Is, is that so you can go into your victim energy and say, oh, you know, the world hasn't given me what I wanted. And, and because of that, here's what happens to me, Ari. I get depressed and it's everybody else's fault. Yeah, I think I, I've spent 
um, way too much time in my victim energy. You know, that, that there's something that feels, I don't know if it's safe about being a victim, but it, it's definitely easier to be a victim as opposed to, you know, taking responsibility for your life. And I think that's fundamental to the spoiled brat reflex. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chuck? Have you ever been bratty in a relationship uh, or with family yeah, or anyone? No, never. No, no. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's it's something that everybody, like you said at the beginning, struggles with for from one way or another. Certainly, I have had mine, and and I've done a lot of work around it because I do find, you know, that I'm. I'm a, I'm a sensitive guy. I do get my feelings hurt easily. And as a result of that, oftentimes it stems back from that original childhood wound of not feeling lovable and acceptable just the way that I am. And so I think when I was, especially in my younger days, um, in my early, you know, twenties and stuff, I had this idea that someone should love me unconditionally and that they should love me no matter what I do or say. And that would be unconditional love. And so because I didn't receive that same kind of unconditional love as a child, instead the love was kind of like performance-based, you know, as long as you perform, as long as you do what you're supposed to do, then you will be loved. And, and so I spent a bunch of time like searching for my princess charming, so to speak, you know, this woman that was gonna come along and love me unconditionally. And the thing I found out about unconditional love is if, if you want unconditional love, get a dog because you put your dog in a trunk for three hours and come back and the dog's going to love you. You know, it just dogs are, dogs are great that way. But, but unconditional love, I think is an expectation that we put on other people. And when they fail to meet that expectation, then we get butt hurt and we go into that you know, the spoiled brat reflex, you know, because I have this feeling that I deserve unconditional love. I, and, and so whenever I have an expectation and somebody doesn't meet that expectation, it's filled with resentment. And then my resentment comes out in anger, passive aggressive, being butthurt, that kind of thing. So, so yeah, I mean, I think it's something that all nice guys, I probably all people actually struggle with. I think nice guys, we tend to struggle with it a little bit more because we have some of those internalized beliefs that I'm unlovable and I'm looking for unconditional love. And when I can't find that, then I feel like, you know, I have to change who I am in order to receive love from other people. Mm -hmm. I really, I really like, um, how you, you know, took that back to, you said something really important, which really resonated with me. And, and you said that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sensitive and, what I find is as well, you know, the sport behavior is very common in, you know, highly sensitive individuals, you know, men or women, kids as well. And the reason why I came out with this term SBR was spoiled brat reflex is I'm having some struggles with my children. I mean, as a parent, you know, I'm looking to improve my parenting skills. So I've hired a psychologist to help me just so I can be a better father, better dad. And what I noticed was that, you know, going through the sessions with him, he, you know, he said, you know, some of your, uh, the behavior of your, you know, your son is because, you know, he's acting 
uh, in a sport way. So I went through some of the behaviors of what what you know what, what is a sport kid, and all children have SBR. I mean, even adults have it as well. We all we all have it. I have it. And what I noticed was that some of his behavior was, um, you know, like the, the most obvious one is you can't. You know, you don't listen to any feedback. You're always dis- dismissive. He's always saying no to everything else, but then he won't listen to my no. He'll keep persisting, keep persisting. I mean, kids are, you know, kids can be quite persistent on this one. And there was, there's a few things that were showing up. And I see this a lot in, in the guys I coach as well. Especially I see it in myself. When I see it in myself in relationships, when she's, when I didn't get the love I want, I didn't get the compliment I want, or I didn't get my needs met any time like that, or I got hurt or jealous or, or anything that comes up, I noticed that I went into my brat behavior. You know, I was like throwing a tantrum or I don't like this or criticizing, complaining, like very childish behavior. And one of the things that he pointed out was that to improve his behavior will start with you. You know, like you taking full ownership on this one. And, you know, what's feeding that behavior? What, what is it? You know, he said, all oh, kids are going to be. He said, you know, kids are naturally wired that way to behave, you know, like every, everything they want themselves. So that was a real interesting journey of like, where am I behaving like a brat? How do we are showing up in relationships? You know, and what about not just yourself, but also your partner? I mean, have you ever guys experienced weird bratty behavior from your exes? Absolutely. Um, I mean, my ex, uh, you know, she she will just expect me to drop off my son, you know, at, at her house. Um, you know, she's expected me to handle all the bills with no thanks. Um, you know, she doesn't take him to his, his appointments as much as I do, you know, so I, I just feel like she doesn't, uh, appreciate what I do enough, you know, and can be self-centered. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm trying to think about my my ex. I don't really feel like that from her a whole lot. I think that um, if anything, kind of like Ari, what you were saying is like that sense of, un, you know, not feeling appreciated. And I think that's probably a trigger point for a lot of us as well as, you know, if I'm doing something and there isn't some sort of gratitude attached to it or some appreciation attached to it, then my, again, it's an expectation that I have and I'm going to do this for cool, you. It's a COVID contract. Chuck. I'm going to do this for you. And in return, you're going to say thank you. You know, And then when my expectation isn't met, then I get a resentment. And then that resentment puts, pushes me back into that brat behavior of you know, kind of throwing tantrums or um, acting out passive aggressively. You know? And I think that's, that, you know, nice guys. I think we, most nice guys are really angry guys. We don't think we're angry. Because we don't explode, but we're fucking angry guys and we act out in passive aggressive ways. And that's how we act out our anger. And I think pouting and throwing a, t- you know, throwing a, a pout or a cold shoulder 
that's passive aggressive behavior. Yeah, because or, you're not saying what it is that's going on with you. You're just like, well, I'm just going to give you the cold shoulder and you should be able to figure it out. And, you know, and then you should apologize. That's my other expectation. Yeah, passive aggressive is, is, a, is a common one I see, um, you know, in relationships because, you know, we're afraid of conflict. We don't want to say anything that's going to be offensive. So we just start to have these unwritten rules about this is what I'm expecting in a relationship. So guys, where have you uh, experienced passive aggressiveness? As far as experience it, like, at, like in me, how I experience from other people well, or how both, I, both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think both. Uh, I mean, maybe in yourself, part of my passive aggressive behavior comes from fearing that I'm going to say the wrong thing and that I'm going to have to come back and apologize. You know, if I were to actually tell you how I truly feel in this moment, like I might say something like, Oh, you're being a spoiled brat. You know, that might be how I feel, but I know if I say that, then I'm going to have to come back and apologize for that at some point. So it's easier for me to just kind of collapse and be like, hmm, fine, I'm just not going to talk to you. You know, and that's the passive aggressive behavior is basically it's a covert contract. Again, I'm going to do something and I expect you to read my mind. And if you don't, then I'm going to be upset with you and you're going to note that I'm upset with you. But if you come to me and you say, why are you so upset? I have a back door, which I can say, oh, I'm not upset. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to take care of my own needs now, you know, something along those lines. And, and that's just pure passive aggressive behavior, which I think is a spoiled brand kind of way to act. Yeah. Faisal, are you passive aggressive? Me? Um, never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can be. Um, uh, there's moments where I get oversensitive, and lose my, you know, get hurt. And one of the ways I can just show up is just to disconnect. And by disconnecting, what I'm doing is I'm just avoiding the, I guess I'm avoiding being vulnerable and really saying how I feel. Because yeah. if I really share about what I'm saying, how, what I really feel, I'm embarrassed of it. You know, I'm right now, you know, I'm experiencing neediness. So right now I'm, I'm actually hurt and I'm feeling really hurt and sensitive about it. And it might not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal in my world. So rather than me sharing how I actually feel, I'll, you know, go quiet, withdraw. And you could tell, I mean, women can tell everybody can tell when you're uh, being passive aggressive because you're holding it in and your body language is saying one thing and you're saying one thing are you fine yeah i'm fine but your whole tone and you know my body and my whole tone just don't align and you know sh she can sense it and you know, they can sense like what's going on what's wrong with you because you're like this walking around moody person really quietly and I noticed that I got this, you know, my dad used to do the same thing as well. My father was very passive aggressive. If he was upset, 
we wouldn't know about it all we would we wouldn't know about it uh through words but we would feel that he's upset and he'll try to keep it very hidden because you know this this is what i did how about yari well i was just thinking about um one of the other questions that you asked i'm i'm going to change the topic is that being passive aggressive? Uh, it's just about um, with uh, with my son. You know, one of the things that I think he's been kind of a spoiled brat about is just like uh, cleaning stuff up. You know, like uh, you know, he is one of the messiest eaters I've ever seen. Like he can spread the most amount of crumbs around the, the like. He, he can spread one cracker over like the surface area of like six feet. Um, he has, he has a special power for that. Um, and then he will act like <laughs> he, he will, he will act like, um, you, you know, I've asked him to, uh, you know, clean the bathtub just for, uh, uh when I, when I ask him to clean up his crumbs, um, like, uh, like I've sent him to a labor camp or something. And, mm. uh, he, he will, he will say he'll clean up like five crumbs and then he'll say, aren't you going to help me? Um, <laughs> am I the only one doing work around here? And I, and I just find that ridiculous. Cause like, I'm, you know, I'm doing dishes all the time. I'm the one keeping up the house. Uh, it's, it's like, he's just totally ignorant. Um, but I, but I realized like some of his spoiled brat behavior is just like, I, I haven't been teaching him, you, you know, like I, I raised him cleaning up his messes and, and that's, that's my fault. You know, so I, I, I realized that as a parent, like I, I've been training him in some ways to be a spoiled brat. I've also been training him to not be a spoiled brat, you know, with a lot of the, uh, the disciplines that I've been teaching him. You know, like mm. having a gratitude practice, uh, the meditation, uh, being disciplined about Taekwondo, you, you know, so I, I am teaching him all kinds of, of good things. So it's, it's breaking through that SBR, but, but yeah, like I, I just like you, I, I, I can see that it really starts with me and w what I'm teaching when I had bad habits and wasn't very disciplined that was showing up in him. You know, he's watching YouTube for seven hours a day. And then when, when I tell him it's, it's time to do something else and he, he's like, but, but I want to watch more YouTube. And why, <laughs> why would I actually have to move over the course of a whole day? You know, so there's some examples of what happens in my house. Uh, Ari, thanks for sharing that because that's, um, I'm sure so many parents will be able to relate to you on that one because there are many times, you know, when I was, when I was speaking to my psychologist and he said, you know, you give kids an inch, they'll take a mile. You know, they'll, they'll just want so much all the time. And, and I can see that in my kids because, you know, my, their mom did everything for the kids. And what I see with SBRs, you know, they have such an easy, soft life. And because they have an easy, soft life, they become that in, entitled and demanding as well. They're so demanding on this one. And one of the things I have to start learning 
is one is I would need to sort out my behavior. And one of the things that I'm working with is make sure that I am consistent. He said, one of the things that makes a bratty behavior is that we are inconsistent. And one of the things that we need, and, and he used a really good word. And he said, one of the things that kids need, uh, everybody, even adults need is predictability, certainty. He says, when things are predictable, we're more safer, we're less in emergency mode. So what happens, like, for example, you know, my son's, he's doing his uh, exams for, for studies. And it's like a battle, right? Okay, you, you know, need to do this study, but no, but I want to watch this, but no. And then you know, there's always like a conflict and there's always confrontation. It's very combative, constant. It's like battle, battle, battle. And what he taught me was put in some really strong rules, make it very clear, and then stick to them. And this is what happens with a lot of nice guys. I started to feel... Uh, I, I go into my emotions. He says, every time you you let your emotions run, you become unpredictable and inconsistent. And and that's a real major problem for children. It's a major problem for relationships and for you. It's that as soon as you become unpredictable, you don't know where, because kids don't know where you stand. So one minute you have this rule, the next minute you have this rule, the next minute, and they're thinking, well, if I just keep pushing dad, if I keep manipulating, manipulating him, he's going to cave in. And I know he caves in because he caved in so many other times, right? So what I'll do is I'll just keep hammering him until he caves in. And what, what I'm doing now is just like, um, there was a really interesting quote yesterday. It says, you know, I, I was like, you. it's like, I don't feel appreciated. I'm doing all this work and I've asked you to do a little bit and you just throwing a tantrum about this. So I was throwing a tantrum and he says, you need to handle your tantrums before you can handle his tantrums. So the quote was, you're teaching him how to treat you. So if, if you're saying, because I was saying he doesn't respect me, I don't have all of this. And he says, because the, I love the quote because it resonated with me. He says, if you feel like you're not being respected, it's because that's how you're teaching him to treat you. I think it's also important to kind of understand that, especially as single parents, you can feel very shameful about how you're parenting sometimes. And I don't want to get too far off track, but I've been reading this interesting book called Hunt, Gather, Parent. And it's by a woman named, um, I'm going to butcher her name here, but uh, uh, Micheline Ducleft, I think is her name. And how do you pronounce it? How we're gonna we're gonna hold you to that, she's Chuck. Been doing some, yeah. <laughs> she's been doing she's been doing research, and she's going back to like how people were raised, you know, thousands of years ago, and the hunter gatherer kind of thing. And so she's gone back to um, more tribal cultures and places like that to understand how they parent. And one of the things that came up was they don't have single parents, you know there is it's a it's a community it's a tribe so it's not just you having to install discipline to your kid it's the uncle it's the grandma it's the grandparent you know it's it's an entire tribe and i think our culture and this is one of the ways that we've sort of let ourselves down as men and women is that we feel the burden to take on all of this stuff to become the perfect parent when that's not actually how we're designed and so it's a really difficult task, I think, to be a single parent because you you don't have the resources. You have nobody to tag out to when you're feeling that way or feeling overwhelmed. And 
And so I think because of that, that's also contributes then to the spoiled brat because parents oftentimes feel guilty, right? Uh, I feel so guilty that I can't give my mm. child, a, you know, a, a stability or something like that. And so we overindulge, which then creates that sense of entitlement with them. And then they grow up and they expect the world to be like it was with it, you know, like I'm the center of, of attention. So, um, and I think that just kind of perpetuates that, that behavior. Um, and so really kind of a understanding you're doing a hard job that you're not actually designed to be a single parent B give yourself a break and see, yeah. Okay. You're going to have to, you're going to have to work harder than most parents who worked over the last, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. Beautiful share. That was so important, uh, you know, for us to hear this and everybody else to hear this as well, especially parents, because w one of the things, one of the things I noticed was you know, how much guilt, uh, you know, how much, Nice guys are driven by guilt. You know, I noticed that there's so much guilt driving my decisions, not just shame, because we talk about toxic shame that, uh, you know, I'm inherently wrong, but also guilt because I noticed that there I am trying to meet my needs and I'm putting everybody else's needs first. And I'm feel feeling guilty every time I feel guilty for putting myself first. You know, uh, uh, I will stop. I will stop putting myself first because I, because that guilt washes over. Then I'm like, okay, let's go back to you know meeting everybody else's needs, and that's I guess you know we've we've done that through childhood because we've always felt our needs one important, so we try to meet everybody else's needs, our parents' needs, and every time we try to make our needs happen, then the per the parent or something would start to feel unwell or get depressed, and then you'll feel guilty that you now stop taking care of them. So I, I noticed that how much guilt came in my parenting and also came into my relationships as well. And that I noticed was a real point of not being able to be honest and true. Because I remember um, this girl I was dating ages ago and uh, she was staying at my house. Um, and uh, I wanted her to leave. It's like there, there was... She spent, you know, like two days and I just wanted some alone time. And instead of me being direct with her, I was more passive aggressive. I was, I was passive aggressive. And, and she said, you know, what's wrong? I said, nothing, nothing's wrong. And I kind of left it at that. And she said, you know, I, I think it's a good time for me to leave. And I said, yes, you know, that, that's good. And she said, if you're upset with me, or anything, why don't you just directly say it? I'm not, I'm not upset with you. I'm not, she said, I can tell you're upset. And eventually she got it out of me. You know, eventually I was like, I built up the courage to speak. I, you know, actually I really, I did want you to leave. And she said, if you, she goes, I'd rather you just tell me leave than to be passive aggressive about it. She didn't use the word passive aggressive, but she said, rather than you having a tantrum about it or moaning about it or sulking about it, I'd rather you just tell me because she goes, it's, I, it's, it's no, no problem. She goes, you know, I, you know, it's easy. I can just go and do my stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's always easy in retrospect. Uh, it, it, it's hard in the moment, but as, as we're 
putting this episode together, I, I was realizing like how far I've I've come in terms of uh, tolerating spoiled brat behavior in in women. I just won't, you know, like if if especially like if it's a on a first date, like. Uh, it, they they just won't make it past a first date if they're showing spoiled brat behavior. Like I, I took a woman out. This was back in like March, and um, she, she was from like a we'll call it a, a former Soviet socialist republic. <laughs> um, so it, there was a cultural difference, which probably had something to do with it. But she was just very um, entitled, you know. Like she wanted me to to pick her up at, at 10 PM, which I think was a little late for me, but I was like, okay, you know, you've got a, you've got a kid. Um, so I know you, you've got to make sure that your kid gets to bed. So, okay. Um, but, um, then I took her out and we went to a bar and she's, she wants to eat something. Okay. Well, let's get you something to eat. Oh, well, I don't like anything on the menu at this bar. And I, you know, I, I can only eat beef. Um, <laughs> all right. So, well, let's, let's go find you. A, let's go find you a place where you can get some beef. And then um, we went to, I, I, I figured, okay, I'm going to take her to this nicer place. I know we could get something beef related there. And then she's like, you know, I want a steak. This is our first date. We'd only been out for like an hour. And then, so, Okay. Uh, let's get a steak. I, w I want you to be happy. Uh, I want uh, I want some wine, but I only want sweet wine. Um, that's the only kind that I drink. Of course, it's you know a selection of normal red and white wine. So it's just like one thing after another, and, and I just found myself like um, this like irritation meter was just rising. Um, mm. You know, it takes it takes a lot for me to get upset as you can probably imagine. Um, and it was like, she wasn't reading my nonverbals that I wasn't very happy, you know? So, but I felt like, okay, this is a first date. I'm still figuring her out. And um, I, I wasn't comfortable, like really showing my irritation or anger with her. I don't know, maybe you, you would do something different, but um you know, the, the date ended soon after that. And, and I was just, you know, I was clearly frustrated with her and, uh, you know, she was acting like we were going to go on another date. Um, so, but, but that's just an example of like, you know, I, I see the spoiled brat behavior and I just won't tolerate it. Like yeah. doesn't matter how hot they are. Or, um, doesn't matter was, if I'm was she hot? needy. Was she really hot? No, she she was medium, uh, medium, <laughs> like a <her> steak, <laughs> <laughs> like her steak. Um, so, I, all this is to say, you know, like I I, I don't tolerate spoiled brat behavior, and, and I think that's because of the progress I've made in myself. So what would you do differently this time? So she says, you know, I'm hungry. I only, you know, I only eat beef. Uh, so what would you do differently this time? I'd say, let's go get a pork chop. Um, <laughs> um, 
I don't I don't know how much I would do differently. I, I think what I didn't do was really screen her before the date. You know, it, it was sort of a, a quick um a quick round of texting and she was, you know, from another culture. And so, you know, I just felt like, okay, I'm gonna have uh this will be an interesting experience. I've never dated someone from this culture. Um I wanted to to go out. So you know, that's just a risk you take if you don't get to know them that well before a date, you know, but usually there you go out on a first date and people aren't asking for steak, you know? Yeah. But depending on, depending on culture, but yeah. Um, you know, so Chuck, what would you do in that situation? Say, you know, she is starting to demand more, Hey, you know what? You know, I only drink this kind of wine. I want, I want a steak. How, how can someone navigate that situation? without, you know, having a tantrum. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a great distinction between, you know, like what's bad behavior, what's spoiled brat behavior and what's just like a legitimate mm. need that somebody might have. Right. And, and in a situation like this, she was, uh, essentially, you know, kind of shit testing Ari. What are you going to put up with here? You know, I'm going to show you, you know, this. And I think that what she may be actually testing for is that pushback for you to be able to say, because in her culture, I'm thinking, I mean, I don't know for certain, you know, everything about her culture, but I'm guessing that there's a, a very masculine, feminine kind of energy polarity going on in that. And so she's testing you. Are you going to say no to me? Right. And so when you, you can use that as fodder, you know, when she says, well, I only, there's nothing on here I can eat, you know, instead of, instead of placating that, just be like, oh, well, I didn't know I was taking you out for dinner, but, uh, you know, if you want to get something to eat, I'm happy to take you someplace where, where there is something, but, uh, I was only planning on buying drinks tonight. So if you want to buy yourself something, I'm happy to take you someplace you know, something along those lines where you're able to both express, you know, how you're really feeling, you know, and I, I know this, uh, I've gotten on this topic with a couple of, a uh, couple of guys in my group about like the idea of having to pay for the first date, you know, and you know, who should pay, you know, that's a whole nother topic for another show someday is, you know, who pays on the first date. Um, but it's essentially mm -hmm. like, instead of being taken back by it, if you lean into it and you're like, eh, eh, well, I guess you can go get, some. tell you what, we'll finish up here. I'll drop you off at home and you can go make yourself a steak, you know, something along those lines. <laughs> without... I mean, I, I think I'm skilled enough at this point in my life where I would be like, mm, yeah, no. Like, yeah. Yeah. This it's a, it's a really, it's a really interesting yeah, it's it's an interesting situation because there are many guys who do go on dates. I've been on dates where, you know, I've done things I didn't want to do because, you know, she said, I want this and this. And you're like, okay, yes, yes, yes. You, you know, you're, you know, you're afraid of rejection. You're, you know, nice guys are afraid of speaking their mind, how they really feel. I don't want to upset her. I don't, I don't want her to reject me. And what happens is you keep saying yes and yes and yes. And yeah, like 
Chuck said, she is shit testing you. She wants to find that pushback. She, she said, where is his limit? And I'll keep pushing. And some women, especially attractive ones, they just will, they'll go on, you know, dates just to entertain themselves, be spot. Now, how, one of the things I've learned is when someone has a request or an opinion, you don't always need to have an opinion about it. So, for example, in that situation, and she says, you know, I'm really hungry. And then you say, okay. Because suddenly she's hungry. We feel compelled to fix that. There's nothing on the menu. Okay. Let her problem solve her problem. We don't always have to fix her problem there. There's nothing on the menu. Okay. That, that's it. One of the most wisest things I've heard is uh, the guy said, you don't always have to have an opinion. You don't always need to move in that place. So if she can't find something on the menu, then you know, let her fix it. What's she going to say? Hey, can we go here? And then he could say, no, I'm okay. I'm good. Thanks. And when you have that level of, you know, I have like these 12 laws I've created for men. And law one is be willing to walk away. When you're not willing to walk away, then what happens is that, you know, we start to get entangled in their drama, in their world. And then, like you said, you were frustrated and angry. Actually, you weren't frustrated. You know how I see it. We, we're not frustrated and angry with them, with her or our child. What we're really annoyed with is the fact that I didn't stand up in the moment. I let my boundaries go. I let my standards, my, my principles get walked over. And I'm annoyed at myself than I'm actually annoyed at that person. And I said this to my son. I said to him, you know, I'm really annoyed. I'm really frustrated. And I said, it's got nothing to do with you. I'm frustrated because I didn't have the, the level of commitment, strength, to hold myself to accountable to what I said I was going to do. And I let the pressure, my own nervous system take over. And I said, I, I get it. It happens sometimes. But when it happens all the time, then it becomes resentful. I'm annoyed at myself because I did too many times. And this is why I hired a psychologist to help me get rid of my baddish behavior. So then I can then better manage him. And like you said, Chuck, you know, we parenting, single parenting, we're not designed for this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for the feedback. I, I think uh, it, it's helpful. Uh, it, it can be hard in the moment to know how to deal with these shit tests, especially if you're if you're not used to that kind of woman, you know, like, uh, normally, I, I just, I'm, I'm screening out for for that before I even give them a date. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it, it can just, yeah, I do tend to pay for the first date. Um, but I think that's something that I, that I have to be, I still have to be mindful of my own boundaries. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll do another podcast on about who should pay for the first date and why. So that'll be an interesting one. So guys, I want to wrap this up now. So, um, one guys just any kind of like takeaways for the guys to take away about the sbr you know spoiled bat reflex anything one thing that you want to share with them maybe something that's helpful to them how to manage it or maybe something that they can look at for themselves so let's start with you chuck one insight you want to yeah i think to it's take just, away with like um 
you have to be, you have to be self-aware, right? Most of the things, oftentimes things are projections, right? I am, I see something in somebody else that I don't like about myself. And because I don't like that in me, I don't want to see that in someone else, especially if it's somebody that I'm responsible for like a child or something like that. And that, um, you know, I think that the SBRs there, it's an ego defense mechanism. You know, so we have to be aware that when we're in that state, we're in a state of wounded ego. And then, um, I guess the third thing would be like, if you want unconditional love, get a dog. <laughs> get a dog. Ari, uh, thank you for that, Chuck. Ari, what's your takeaway? I mean, f for me, I think um, it's important to remember that you, you've got to cultivate the kind of relationships that you want, whether it's with your child or with, you know, partners. So, you know, you, you have to cultivate um, joy. You got to cultivate fun, gratitude with within your relationships. Um, so you, you got to take responsibility as a man or just as a, as a person in general to do that. Um, so, you, you know, if, if you are someone who uh, can be a sulker like myself, you know, it, you don't have a license to be in a bad mood all the time, which I know can feel like insensitive to people who might feel depressed or, or anxious. Um, so I, I, I'm not trying to invalidate um, people who experience that. I've experienced plenty of that, but I think it, it will be actually helpful for you if you take responsibility for your thoughts and feelings and, and cultivate the right kind of thoughts and feelings, cultivate positivity. I love that. Um, so true, you know, taking responsibility and Chuck's advice is, you know, get a dog. And <laughs> what I want to leave you guys with is that, you know, the SBR, sport rat reflex, it's just know that it's in all of us. And it's something that, you know, will show up in all of us, but what we can do, and like all of us, is to do the work. It's moving from, I would say, our immature self to mature self. And we have to be guided to this. If we didn't have healthy parents who were themselves uh, you know, emotionally mature, grounded, and they themselves had done a lot of work on themselves, how are we supposed to know how to model this? So Spoiled behavior is, is really down to the way we've been parented and also I'm sure there's some parts of it to our nature as well. And this is something that you're not stuck with forever. This is something that you can really work on. Do the inner work on this one. You know, get yourself a therapist or coach or someone and you can really work on this because this can really hijack and terrorize relationships. And this can be really... Uh, what I said, detrimental to relationships, especially if you're a parent as well. Because I know it's embarrassing when I act like a brat. I can see it in myself. I can see it in other people. I've seen it in, um, I've worked with, with CEOs who've had this kind of behavior in boardrooms and they cost the company, you know, uh, millions of pounds because one of the co-founders I was working with had a, a reaction in a pitch and they lost the deal because they said, I'm not working with somebody who cannot control themselves 
especially in a meeting. So this is important work to do. Guys, you've been listening to The Nice Guy Show with my host, um, co-host Chuck and Ari. Appreciate you all. Please remember to like and subscribe and also comment as well. If there's anything you want us to cover, please send us a comment. Please send us a uh, message on niceguyshow.com and we will see you on the next Nice Guy Show. You've been listening to The Nice Guy Show, the podcast that helps nice guys move past their insecurities and fears into the fullness of their masculine strength and confidence. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and check out the website niceguyshow.com for more information on how to connect with Chuck and Faisal. Until next time, keep living your best life.